What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. We've got a very special show today with a number of uh, people who can't speak on behalf of the DOD. Introduce Correct. yourself and give us your caveat so we can actually start having a fucking conversation. Yeah, Trent Segmiller, Air Force uh, Special Reconnaissance, formerly South T, not speaking on behalf of the DOD today, <laughs> uh, but trying to match your uh, sultry tones. You have a great voice. So Thank you, yeah. Trying uh, to put some bass into yeah, it yeah. today. It's not on purpose. <laughs> I think it's probably from some childhood trauma, to be honest, but we'll <laughs> save that for a later date. So you guys host uh, One's Ready, and what is that about exactly? Well, when we started the project, there was a lot of uh, information out about Air Force Special Warfare, mm. uh, Pararescue, TACP, uh, Combat Control, and SR that was I'm either— I'm sorry, whoa, whoa, whoa. You left out the, the weatherman. Used to be Saudi, <laughs> now Special Reconnaissance. <laughs> That's a long story, and I'm not <laughs> sensitive about it at all. Uh, but e- there either wasn't enough information or there was a lot of incorrect information sure, yeah, out yeah. there. So The Joe News Network, right? Right. And so as dumb suit. Yeah. People that care care about the community, we decided to just jump in there and try to put the right information out mm. there and, and see what we could do for them. And how's that going? It's going. So you got three hosts, I guess, of the show, or it's more, it's not just a show, it's a program, an informational thing as well, right? Right. So we're, we're trying to get the, the latest and greatest information, especially about like the training pipeline out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of changes lately. And uh, to get the, the most information out there and the, the broadest experience, we have a combat controller, uh, Peaches, uh, the pararescue guy who mm-hmm. will always tell you about pararescue, Aaron, and then uh, myself, special reconnaissance. I'm kind of like the oddball out. So sure, yeah, it yeah, is what it yeah. is. I mean, look, everybody needs one, right? Yeah. Um, now tell me about yourself a little bit how you got into AFSOC in the first place and what that was like well this is a fun story um i, I always tell the guys I, I backed into uh, uh special operations the wrong way mm-hmm. and yet here i am talking about special special operations all the well, time you've heard jared's story right how he wasn't even supposed to be in it and he like he he and two other dudes that were in his uh basic company um just snuck into the commander's office and said yeah they told us to come here for 
to go to AFSOC. And he's like, oh, okay, signed him up. <laughs> That's what they never tell you Jared's about the Jared's a piece military. of shit. He definitely is. If anybody else told me that story, I'd be like, ah, I don't know about that. But I know for a fact Jared did that shit. He definitely did that. Yeah. Scumbag. So, but I, it worked out in the end, right? Shit. Yeah. But <laughs> I tried to join as one thing. I uh, couldn't get a top secret clearance when mm. I went to basic training because I, I wasn't the most boring person as a civilian. Sure, yeah. And then uh, I ended up in weather in the Air Force. And then, um, you know, some guys came, gave us the briefing. They said, hey, do you want to jump out of planes and do stupid stuff and still do weather? I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, count me yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's better than just doing the weather. Look, meteorologists have a really bad rap. They do. Because they're always wrong. And there's only one other profession where you can always be wrong and keep your job, and that is politician. That is true. Right? So how does it feel? It feels pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Still getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> About to retire. Yeah. Fuck no one's right. wearing defund the weatherman shirts. That's yet. true. Not yet, right? I might. I, I should actually make that now. That's a good idea. You guys like that? I'm doing that. Yeah. Uh, defund weatherman. I don't know. Maybe. I'm not sure that's going to register with everybody. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. So you know, I had uh, some similar experiences, although I did end up getting a top secret clearance later, which is to this day surprising to me. Right. Like, that's how I know that the clearance process doesn't mean shit. You know what I mean? Because as soon as I got it, they like the, the it was from the federal government or from uh, Homeland Security, and I got it. I'm like, you sure? Like, I called them. I'm like, you, you don't, I don't think you're making the right decision here. Bob, Bob Sir, stop bro. calling us. They're like, stop calling us. It's done. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so how often is the show? How, what's your, how often do you put an episode on? We drop at least one episode per week. And it's a, it's a, as we've moved on, as we keep going, so like in the beginning, it was a lot of, you know, how to improve your run and all mm -hmm. these other things that we were doing, which we probably need to go back to eventually uh, and, and rehash those things right. as the audience updates. Uh, but we have a bunch of guests on there. We do like a legend series where we bring on legends from our community, sure, uh, yeah. people that have been there since the beginning and done amazing things. And then, you know, regular, regular guests that we just find interesting. Mm -hmm. So keep it, keep it fresh. And, and what's, what's your goal exactly? I mean, obviously, it's a, it's a relatively small community. It is. And uh, most of you guys know each other. You know what I mean? It's kind of weird, to be honest. It's very <laughs> incestuous, uh, frankly. But what is what is your overarching goal with this whole thing? I think the goal is if you are thinking about joining the military, whether you're going to be special operations or not, uh, telling you about it, giving you the right mindset, uh, preparing these these folks, and I don't want to call them kids, but I will, uh, preparing these kids in the, the best way and, and setting those expectations mm -hmm. for them early, uh, I think helps out. And, and, and there's a lot of people out there on the internet that want to talk about their military experience in a really negative way. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that that's not valid. Sure, yeah, yeah. But we try to lean into the positive, like all the opportunities that you have. You know, we've all been in about 20 years. So, um, you know, there, there's always drama. There's always all this other stuff. But we're trying to, like, show how much opportunity there is in the military and how much you can get out of it, mm -hmm. uh, you know, after you join. Well, at the end of the day, we still got to, uh, you know, have a military yeah. And it's gotten super weird now, right? We were talking about it on the walk over here. Um, people in, in I don't I don't think the Army's doing this. I haven't heard about it. But the Marine Corps and Air Force are giving kids supplements, like vitamin D and calcium supplements when they come in now because their bones are bullshit. You know what I mean? Yep. It's like, we're, this is not great for us. It, there's a lot. You can talk about a lot of the, uh, the, the quote-unquote woke stuff that happens at the DOD and all that other bullshit. But this is like physiology. Right. You know what I mean? And the, you, you pile that on top of the fact that the average 21-year-old in 2023 has about 40% less testosterone as their counterpart in 2001. Now we get some fucking problems. Bone density and testosterone are decreasing rapidly right. and amongst the very people that we need to protect us. 
Yeah, and I, th I think that's one of the things that we're trying to get after is is if we, I think a lot of the parents listen to what we're doing mm -hmm. and a lot of people that are about to have kids. And if you could just put that message out there, like, hey, put your kids outside, make them run around, yeah, yeah. you know, make them do different things that are going to prepare them. Because like in the beginning, I know, like we'd have 13, 14 year olds ask us questions. And we're like, man, what are you talking to me for? Go live your life and have a good time. Mm -hmm. But I think we've changed our minds a little bit. And we're like, hey, like here are some of the things that you definitely need to be doing because yeah. your experience is not the same as my experience. Well, sure. But, you know, from when our generation was when we were teenagers you didn't need to tell us to go play sports right because we were already doing that shit we were already setting fires and yards and stuff and running away from the police which is good exercise by the way um it depends on the cop you know it yeah might fair not enough be that yeah. hard. no these days i just like I, I look at the cop and then he looks back at me and i look at his stomach and i look up at him and i just start kind of jogging right like you're not coming dude i can i can run for three days i don't give a shit i'm out of shape and i can still run for three days you're not getting out of here right it's humpty dumpty this kind of waving back and forth no there there's uh i hate i don't i don't want to get all fucking andy rooney like oh the good old days bullshit but there's like demonstrable physiological decline going on amongst these young men there and is. yeah i mean it's like you have to meet the problem head on we we solve as a culture too many problems too far downstream mm -hmm. like we want to react to things instead of being proactive and it seems like you guys and us and whoever else that speak to this next generation of kid uh, that's going to become our new warfighter. We have to start talking to them a little bit earlier, so they're actually prepared to do the job. You know what I mean? You can't wait until they're 17 anymore. Yep. Well, and, and that's what we're doing. Like, where are the kids at? The kids aren't. You know, like we can we can have recruiting throw stuff out at NASCAR and all these yeah. other things and things that we've done in the past, like the print, whatever. How much money they spent on that? But we were looking at it. We're like, where are the kids at? The kids are on YouTube. Minecraft. Yeah. What all the these fuck other is that? I don't know. My kids talk about it. Oh my god. That's where I'm at can't with that bullshit man yeah. but yeah i mean it's it's gonna happen you know it is like it it's the only reason that the armed forces aren't currently advertising on tiktok is because it's owned by a chinese conglomerate right right if oracle had bought it a year and a half ago or two year two and a half years ago every other tiktok would be and look there's already all of these psyop influencers over there it's like a fucking 19 year old girl that's a little go join the army like nope been tricked by you before <laughs> got 35 percent interest on a fucking camaro brother right not doing that again but yeah it's like you got to expect that you know not meeting recruiting goals and stuff they're going to do something well somebody has to do something yeah so well i mean look the bigger dod's their strategy is typically to lower standards to meet the recruiting goals and that's or offer big sums of money which i don't have a problem with that part bonuses are that if you got to do that to get qualified people and that's one thing but when you start lowering standards, we got real problems, right? Because the, the conditions at which you have to operate are not changing. They're getting worse, yeah. if anything. And so I know in, in our community, like, um, you know, like if you, if you lower physical standards for like a, a cyber only person, mm. that's fine. But, you know, in our community, you just can't do that. Like the, the things that we're going to ask our folks to do, the things that we have asked our folks to do, um, you know, and, and I think that's one of the things we're trying to get after is like, if these kids are not coming in with, the right mentality mm -hmm. and, and physically fit and ready with correct expectation of what's happening. And th if they don't have any reach back moments of, of hard stuff that they've done in the past to help it's get a them little through resiliency, the next thing, yeah, yeah. Then, then they're not going to make it. It's interesting you say that about, uh, let's just call them pogues for shorthand. <laughs> All right? right. It's interesting you say that because I have always felt, and I'm not even kidding about this. I've always felt, I don't give a fuck if my pack clerk is in shape, right? If they can do the paperwork, right. That's your job. You know what I mean? It's like everybody's a soldier first. I mean, I guess. 
But this it's 2023. We're not getting into a war where fucking pack clerks are going to have to pick up. Because even if they do pick up a gun, it's going to be a 30-foot-long M16 that hasn't oh. been issued to anybody other than them since the 1960s. You know what I mean? I think those A2s have good ballistics, though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah they do, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's just, you know, your your pistol grip is way out here because of that buttstock. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I've never really minded too much about that, especially when you're talking about all the cyber warfare stuff that's going on right now, yeah. right? I mean, what, explain to me exactly how somebody in a trailer uh, just north of here is going to perform better if they can run two miles in 11 minutes. You know what I mean? It is, it's incongruous, I think, with the actual need of that particular job. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I guess you could make the argument that it wouldn't affect them, but like having a, a sustained level of excellence if you're using your brain a lot, I have to imagine that being in decent shape mm-hmm. helps you. Sure. You know, yeah. you can only run on caffeine and nicotine for so long. <sighs> I mean, don't tell anybody in this room that. I think I'm still trying to find the wall. Yeah. I'm just. I, what are you talking about? Tell me. I've heard a <laughs> doctor said one time. Rippets and fucking nicotine patches, man. Yeah. Everybody's on the Zen now. Are you are you on the Zen? Never done the Zen. Yeah. Oh god. I'm You're the whole. Is it? Are you guys? You guys use Zen? What about you? You definitely do. I'm a. I'm a no. I, I do the snooze. Oh, okay. Yeah, which well, is like the same thing. Either way, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's ultimately you got to be there. There's, I, I agree with you. How you do anything is how you do everything. Ultimately, right. right? It's like if you're a piece of shit at life, you're probably going to be a piece of shit at your job. But you know, th- there's, I couldn't run a two minute or I'm sorry, an eleven minute two mile right now, which I could before. Right. There's no way I could do it right now, and I don't think. Like if I was go, if I just happened to go back in as a computer tech or something, I can I can I can do well enough to do that. Right. For real, I can sit upright in a chair, which is you know mostly what people do anyways. Yeah, upright ish. Yeah. Well. Right. Yeah, we're doing it right now. Yeah. This is a evidence. great example. Um. So yeah, what do you uh? You know, I know you don't speak on behalf of the DOD or anything, uh. But tell me all the things you hate about the DOD. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What do you see going on right now that that's gonna that's actually preparing us for the future, right? Like I, I have to assume that the impetus for starting this program in the first place was that not enough is being done. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that it's an institutional failure. Maybe it is just the case that you need more input from guys who are who've been through it already to come back in after their service is over and help reconstruct the force. That might just be the case, right? Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, if the question is, is what are we doing for the, the future? Mm. I mean, the, the things like this, I, I, I'm always on two sides of everything, mm. right? Like the, the whole, like the, the fat clerk, I'm always like, well, you signed a contract to say you're going to stay in shape, yeah, fair enough. but also yeah. like you don't, do I really need you to run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and then, and then on one hand, I'm like, well, this, this next generation, I, I, I would like, love to be an old man. That's always ragging on the next generation, but I interact with them on a regular basis. Mm. And if you. Uh, you know, if I go into my Instagram profile, it's all about people being fit and doing the best that they can and, and you know, achieving their goals and doing the best that they can for themselves and their country uh, through personal excellence. And so um, building that foundation of, of people uh, through projects like ours, I think whether or not they end up in our community specifically or, or not in the military at all, I think there's there's a lot of goodness there. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it's uh, and, and, you know, it's I, I find it to be a lot. It's, it's interesting. We always get hung up on the, um, I guess, the physiological shortcomings of people right. because I can get you in shape unless you have like a disease or some shit. I can I could fix that problem. Right. Um, I can't fix the problem of you being a piece of shit necessarily. Maybe I can. 
Yeah. Right. But to get, it's inefficient to get the government to invest in a guy that's a piece of shit with the off chance you might be able to get him uh, to not be that anymore. But it's, you know, <clears throat> I've always wondered why there wasn't something institutional with the DOD where, like, you know, kids that go into the delayed entry program their junior year mm -hmm. and they're doing PT for a full year before they ever even get, like, into a unit somewhere. Right. That seems like a really good idea to me. Not that you should be conscripting people at 17, but maybe maybe have some kind of, maybe the DOD partners with some organization or organizations like yours or some others that are like, hey, we're going to teach you a little bit about taking care of yourself and the right kind of mindset to be able to do this stuff. It seems like a good investment from my perspective. Yeah, but to, to me, investments at the higher levels, the further up you are in the bureaucracy trying mm -hmm. to get stuff done, the less effective it is. And so like- and I the know less likely it's gonna get done too, frankly. Unless right. some officer can put it in his OER, it's not getting done, that's how that works. Well, and even if you write out the perfect script to make it happen, it comes down to the individual, just like everything else. Mm -hmm. The individual recruiter doing the right thing for the right reasons with the right people. Um, so, well, how do you, that's a good point too, because, uh, you know, recruiter is another word. So meteorologist, I believe is Spanish for liar, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, recruiter is also Spanish for liar. Right. You know, and then you're not doing, I, we, we incentivize recruiters to get people in and then through their a school, right? Mm -hmm. Typically, I think that's when they get credit is when the a school is complete. Right. Um, what are we doing to decentivize them from putting shit bags through the pipeline? You know what I mean? It doesn't seem like, from, from what I know from my other recruiter friends, I don't think there's an actual penalty. If you put 80 people in and only 20 graduate, you get credit for 20. Right. You don't get not credit for 60. You know what I mean? Well, like you, don't, you, don't, you don't lose points is what I'm saying. I mean, it's a, it's a tough problem because it's, like I said, like the people at the top, all they see is numbers. Mm -hmm. And it's hard not to just make it a math equation. Sure, yeah. Uh, but from the bottom level, if, if you know, like if 80% of your recruiters are garbage, then what you're going to get is garbage. And so... Uh, giving uh, what I think the big problem is is we don't empower the people at the bottom enough not only to make the correct decisions but to hold themselves and the people of similar rank accountable mm. like if, if it's if it's all up to some 06 somewhere yeah then the, the level of accountability is a spreadsheet right right like this is not a whole lot of actual management going on at that point right so I, I think one of the big problems that we face institutionally is is we have too many senior NCOs and officers and not enough work Sure, that's, yeah. That's what yeah, I yeah. think. So not like, enough billets, yeah. So, like, giving people the space to actually be responsible and to do the right thing and to, to, to put that education out there and, and, and allow them to do the right thing, I think, is, is huge. You know, we didn't have permission to start the podcast, and we took a, a fair bit of flack about it. Yeah, for, yeah. Even though we, we thought it was the right thing to do, mm -hmm. and, and we've seen, I think, really positive results. Uh, and the Air Force has seen really positive results sure, of it, yeah. from it. I mean, um, look, the Army's given Tim Kennedy a lot of shit over the years, too, but there's a lot of people in the Special yep. Forces pipeline because of him, frankly. Right. And the same thing with a lot of other people like Rudy and Jared and you guys. I mean, it's 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 common for that to happen. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, how do you argue with the results there? How many, even, uh, you know, like, remember Tank Machine? Uh, he, he's a motivational Marine Corps guy. He's kind of off uh, the Internet now because he's doing his own thing these days. But he's responsible for quite a few people joining the military as well, and he caught quite a bit of grief from them right. a, a few times. It's like, look, people aren't doing that to try to show you up. They're not doing it to try to rub it in your face that you're not getting the work done. They think the work getting done is important, so they're trying to help you out. You right. know what I mean? Yep. That's not the same thing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's hard to explain it without making it sound egotistical or narcissistic mm -hmm. or whatever, but we were in a position where we've all been, you know, in the, the training command 
or, or been instructors. Yeah. And so like we we try to focus really hard on that. I'm not trying to tell guys how to be the best operator they can possibly mm. be or whatever, or go on to do the, the coolest secret squirrel stuff. We're just trying to get the right people in the door. And, um, and, and, and one of the things I think people gravitate towards like standards, you know, like one of the things that got me in the door, and this is a kind of a thing, is I walked into my recruiter's office and I've talked about it before and I was like, why should I join the Air Force? And he looked mm. at me like, I, I don't know. Like he didn't need me. And so it was like a challenge. Mm. And so like, that's what I was going for. And it, it's my opinion that we don't really, we don't really build a lot of folks that enter end up being in our community. We discover them. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, in, in the Marine Corps is the same way. Right. Typically, uh, th- it's like that old saying, uh, there's a couple of things that are recession proof, like booze and porn and shit like that. And gambling, those are typically yeah. the three that are referenced. Um, but the Marine Corps historically has been the one recession proof, you know, recruiting organization because they never have a problem. And now they are kind of having a problem, mm-hmm. but it's never been that way before. And it's because of, uh, exclusivity marketing, right? So you make something seem, uh, uh, better than the rest of things that are available but it's exclusive to this group of people you have to work for this this isn't something that just gets handed to you and it people respond to that shit yeah and i think that's one of the things that gets lost if you you try to pass the buck further up the chain and and to like an institutional level and and then it just becomes a math problem Mm. you know and so i've I've fallen like i I work a lot of assignments for my career field and and other things and it things at that level are a math problem they're not a a a person-on-person problem they're not a, a, a you know, it, it doesn't come down to the person necessarily. So I, I think the, the messaging that, that we try to put out there and for everybody else is, is it's up to the individual. Um, and, and we're trying to be those individuals to try to open up that pathway, not the end all be all for all Air Force uh, Special Warfare recruiting, but give them, you know, the insights that we possibly can to, to get them interested. Sure. Yeah. And what, what do you uh, what do you think about like I've had a lot of friends tell me over the years, uh, this is kind of a weird turn, but I've had a lot of friends tell me over the years, like uh, Rob O'Neill, for example, joined the Navy because of the movie Navy SEALs with Charlie Sheen. Right. And now he is friends with Charlie Sheen, which is kind of weird, kind of funny. But uh, yeah, it's. Do you think things like uh, SEAL Team and Maverick and, you know, well-produced, not not like goofy shit, yeah. but actually well-produced military movies actually have an impact on people still. Not Hot Shots Part Do. Well, honestly, look the it one up. look it up, kids. The one where he's on the boat with the fucking M60 and it's just like stacking brass <laughs> higher and higher until he's completely covered in it. That's pretty dope. I always wanted to do that, but yeah, yeah, no, but like real ones that are produced well. That's got to have some impact as well, right? I think so. I mean, I, I must have watched Black Hawk Down and Band of Brothers eight hundred mm-hmm. times before I joined, which will set you up for some serious. Uh, <laughs> disappointment later on if you expect all of your officers to be dick winners yeah you know yeah. um but as like a leadership exercise those are things i go back to but i think on the air force side, it's so hard because we're so small in the air force the the ground pounder side and the, the special ops side that you know when the air force does make a big investment in a movie and we've all seen those movies there's a lot of planes mm. you know there's there's tyrese running out there with his red beret on being a cct going from e6 to e9 and have you like ever been months. have you went out in a gunfight and your beret ever anybody no, I mean, I would, it, it looks cool, I guess, the, but it doesn't does it? seem very practical. Well, the, my, it doesn't. There's no rails on my beret. I can't put a light on there. He did have a military <laughs> member tell him not to do that, and yet he still did it. So, well, you know, you sometimes so you, you got to cheat for Hollywood. Sometimes, I guess. But I'm, I'm just not sure that those. <clears throat> Wait, types that was of Transformers, things, right? When he did it that, was. yeah, yeah, bring the rain. <laughs> I never let them forget. That's, that's what they, they have to say it otherwise they can't drop now i'm pretty sure it's part that's, of the, the process though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's ridiculous. I think those types of things are, are less important than they've, they've ever been because there's so much content out there now mm-hmm. that if it's not very specific and if you don't tell the story exactly, then the, the messaging gets lost. You know, like um, 12 Strong? Mm-hmm. That, there was an Air Force guy there. Yeah. But it's hard to tell that story because uh, the, the general public doesn't seem to understand that an ODA is going to have a random Air Force guy there. And then you yeah. have to spend 20 minutes of the movie explaining why an Air Force guy is mm-hmm. there with him. Um, so for us, it's a little difficult. That's a real sad story. I know. That movie sucked, by the way. I was not like a big that, fan. That operation was cool, but that movie was terrible. There is a, a John Chapman movie coming out. Oh, sweet. Who's, uh, who's involved in that? Uh, Dan. Uh, what's Dan's last name? Schilling. Dan Schilling wrote the book. Okay. Um, and then uh, I, I know that the person has been named to play uh, Chapman. Forrest uh, Whitaker. No? <laughs> I don't think he had that kind of lazy eye. Identical. No. I, think would, I don't think he would have passed the physical <laughs> to get in. Uh, Forrest Whitaker could not pass any physical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's, you, do you know who, can you say who it is or is it still under wraps? Is that, that's not a secret, is it? It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, good. That would be good, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he stays in shape. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's done well. I mean, look, Jarhead was great. Yeah. End of Watch was great. He's done some pretty fucked up action-based stuff that isn't all goofy and like uh, Six Underground and shit like that. Not that it wasn't an entertaining movie. I don't mean that. It was super entertaining. But there isn't, oh. there's no secret agents, dude. That shit is not real. Dude, <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait. Secret agents are like fucking uh, uh, normal-looking gray man dudes with guts who fucking hang out in the alley somewhere and then meet with somebody, give them 25000 bucks for a piece of information, and then go home. You just burned everybody you know in the field. You're all done. Now all the fat guys. <laughs> You're all done. I think that's yeah. everybody in Vegas That right Jason Ford shit's not real. A- <laughs> but, you know, uh, Hall's done some legit stuff, military-wise mm-hmm. movies and, and TV. Or not TV, movies. Yeah, so that, that'd be a good one, yeah. I'm still not going to hold my breath that that's going to boost our recruiting numbers. In any sure. real significant way over yeah. our period of time. Because, like, the first Top Gun movie, it came out in, what, 80-something? I think it was 88. And or it may have been 86, actually. But, Shit. But, like, how many big blockbuster movies came out per year mm. when Netflix and the internet wasn't a thing yet? And so, like, Navy saw this huge boost in recruiting. Right, yeah. But there's so much stuff out there now. And if, if you're typing in to your, your search bar, like, hey, I'm interested in special mm. operations. Where do I go? Or, yeah. or whatever. There's So it's, it's, it's one of those things. You have to kind of go out there and find the people that that are interested or they have mm. to find you and you have to present the right way. Sure. Yeah. In the I right mean, places. Have you guys or anybody around you like TACP association or anybody, uh, kind of reached out to the production team to offer them a little insight, little, here's what stuff really looks like kind of situation. Or, I mean, I, I know they're going to hire their own technical advisors and stuff. Uh, but I'm more, not, I'm less concerned about the technical aspect, which I think they probably will get right. Uh, than I am about how do you, not just about recruiting, but how does this movie get turned into some traction for dudes who have been killed and their families and, you know, charitable organizations and stuff like that? Because I, you know, if I, if I was doing something like that, a project like that about somebody that important to the community who did something that amazing, it would, it it seems like I would really want to make sure that I wasn't the only one getting paid for it. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of fucked up. I don't. I don't think Dan is is like that. I think he's no. He, certainly, he's you know, not. Yeah. As a as a former combat controller himself, he's mm-hmm. he's very invested. Um, you know, and the the community is very invested in it. Sure. Um, so yeah, but like, the writer of something doesn't always get a whole lot of say in what happens right. from the screenplay forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, not not that I'm, you know, trying to uh, rain on your parade or anything. I'm just curious if that discussion has been has been had because Jalen Hall is a pretty good dude from what I understand. Yeah. I don't think he would take advantage of anybody. I'm I'm not sure. So well, if he doesn't whoop his ass, right? Talk to Dan. I'm not. Sh- I don't know. Does he train? I don't know if he trains. <laughs> Who cares? 
Yeah. Kim, he's not going to fight all of us. I'll, I'll pay Aaron to <laughs> He go. hangs out with uh, Ryan Reynolds, who's Deadpool, so that could get dangerous. <laughs> uh, and then also Wolverine, Hugh Jackman. So we would have to fight mutants. I don't I think but. Hugh Jackman is mostly balloons. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you seen those uh, those dudes in like the Middle East and India who inject the oil into their arms yeah. and they look big? And it's like, that's not what a muscle looks like, bud. I mean, that's social media right there. Yeah. As long as it looks I big. Guess, fake yeah. weights and everything. It is, yeah. I, I'm glad they're making that movie, though. Uh, that's great. That's really good for for the. the I mean, because it took so long for him to get recognized in the fucking yeah. first place. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of cool the way it went down. And with there were sworn the, statements that weren't accurate, right? Technically speaking, uh, and you yes. know that happens sometimes. The cloud of war and all that shit, and people are like, I, I've had conversations with people that I was just in a gunfight with, and they're like, "Do you see that? I I fucking did this." And I'm like. No, you didn't. No, bro. No, you didn't. You did that. Like, oh, yeah, I did shoot that. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Like, all right, cool. So it happens. I'm not trying to accuse anybody of any shit. But once the ISR, you know, was kind of gone through, it became very clear what happened there. Oh, yeah. It was good on AFSOC. They put together a whole team to, mm-hmm. to you know, go over that frame by frame and figure it all out. And Yeah. I mean, it was important to our community. It just, yeah, like you said, it took a long time. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'm not a combat controller, but it was a big day when they finally recognized yeah, yeah. him and Certainly. gave him the Medal of Honor. Uh, yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that happened. All right, well, this is we're going to wrap this portion and bring your uh, buddy on here in a sec, but is there anything else you would like to share with these assholes before we get I out I mean, of here? buddy is a strong word. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's Yeah. I mean, we're like a loose work associates at best. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, check out ones ready if 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 you know people that are interested in in you know, joining the community or or you're just looking for a podcast to get our take on whatever. Uh, we're all still active duty, so it's not spicy you know mm. we're not an anonymous account out there trying to burn everything down in yeah, sight no shit and so it's uh it's one of those things where we put our faces out there and we have to stand behind what we say so uh, we're just trying to do do good work sweet see what happens all right cool. appreciate you having me on yeah try not to fanboy out right now <laughs> this episode of citizens brought to you by black rifle coffee company join the black rifle coffee club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door black rifle coffee company is veteran operated and supports america's military law enforcement, and first responders. Get premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roasts, rounds, and delivery schedule anytime you like. Members also get free shipping and access to exclusive partner discounts. The best value you're going to get from Black Rifle Coffee is the coffee club. As again, you can choose the roast, whether you're like light, dark, or medium. You can choose the texture. You can choose whether you want uh, ground coffee, whether you want to grind it yourself and get whole bean. Or if you use a Keurig and you want the coffee rounds and the delivery schedule with a wider uh, array of options for that. Get 20% off your first order with the code CITIZEN. So go to BlackRifleCoffee.com, sign up for the coffee club, use the code CITIZEN and get 20% off your first order. This episode of Citizen is also brought to you by GhostBed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base. For everything else... 30% 30% off if you use the code Drinking Bros at ghostbed.com forward slash Drinking Bros. If you get the uh, 40% off deal, if you use the 40% off bundle deal, you're going to get uh, a mattress and all your stuff, your base, your sheets, your pillows, all this stuff for about 30 to 35 bucks a month. They've got a zero down, 0% financing plan for up to 60 months, six zero months, that's five years, uh, about the lifespan of the average bed. So it works out great for you, works out great for uh, the company. So go check it out. Go to ghostbed.com for slash drinker bros. Whether you're in the market for a bed, uh, an adjustable base, whether you just need sheets or pillows or any of that stuff, they got the best. The mattress protector, the weighted blanket. They have everything you need there. 30% off everything. 
use the code drinking bros at ghostbed.com forward slash drinking bros. Or if you need that adjustable base as well and the mattress, get the bundle and everything else you add onto that deal is 40% off. Right now, get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babble.com forward slash citizen. Now, one of the most exciting things about the new year, about any new year, is that you have uh, no idea what adventures are in store for you throughout the year, what you're going to be doing travel-wise, uh, if you're going to get a new job, picking up new skills. There's no better way to prepare for 2023 than by learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Uh, thanks to Babbel's addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lessons, you can feel confident no matter where the new year takes you. Uh, I'm personally planning on going to Eastern Europe later this year. Um, we're going to go to probably the Caribbean or Mexico or maybe both. So I'm going to bone up on a little bit of at least the conversational stuff so I don't sound like an idiot, right? Uh, with Babbel, you only need 10 minutes to complete an individual lesson so you can start having real-life conversations in a new language in as little as three weeks. Other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans. Uh, but Babbel, lessons were created by over 150 language experts and voiced by real native speakers, not computers. So you get that real authentic accent. Um, you can choose from up to 14 languages. Uh, they, they have speech recognition technology, which again will help you improve your pronunciation and accent. And there's a bunch of different ways to learn. In addition to the lessons, you can listen to podcasts, games. Uh, you can uh, play games. There's video stories, even live classes sometimes. So uh, the last part of that is it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not thrilled with it, if it just doesn't do what it what you need it to do, then you can get your money back. But I promise you that will not be the case. I've used this myself. It's very effective. Start your language, uh, new language learning journey today with Babbel right now. Get up to 55% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash American. That's B A. B-B-E-L dot com slash American for up to 55% off your subscription. Babble, language for life. All right, round two of One's Ready. Uh, introduce yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Hi, Aaron Love, PJ, <laughs> member of One's Ready. Yeah. Happy to be here, as always. Not speaking for the DOD in this capacity. I'm just here talking with a friend. This is the, I think this might be the first time that someone other than a guy like the SEAC would come on the show as an active duty person, because who's going to stop him? You know what I mean? Right, sure. Uh, and you guys have the current SEAC. We do. So he's a good dude. CZ, yeah. So Colon Lopez, he was mm -hmm. one of the one of my instructors. As a oh fact, no, shit, really? Going through the schoolhouse. It's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he's a good dude. Yeah, I've hung out with him a couple of times. Uh, uh, and his predecessor Troxel was a good dude as well. We've had a good mm -hmm. run in that particular position, and uh, that's that's good for. So explain to our dumb dumb audience the difference between your three jobs, because I don't think anybody knows. Perfect, yeah, well, nobody Jared's knows. tried to explain, but it, it it just ends up with him taking shots. Absolutely, you know yeah, that's, I mean? well, so. he's a tag P guy, so that's kind of, <laughs> we're talking about football team, tag P guys are your offensive linemen, defensive yeah, yeah. linemen, you know, they're in the trenches mm -hmm. doing the JTAC work. So special reconnaissance give us, uh, like, legit datum that we can take from the environment, whether that be electromagnetic spectrum, whether it be visual, oceanic, all this other mm -hmm. stuff, they grew out of the weather uh, career fields. Combat controllers are there for austere airfield seizure, so they're number one job is to open up an airfield where an airfield didn't exist before and then pararescue men are there for uh, dod wide 100 percent search and rescue in any environment 24 hours a day and so tell me about um like a typical deployment for you what that might look like do you just hang out at a a, a, a cop or is it more like a larger base and you're on qrf all the time or do you get do you do any kinetic operations or is it just 
the, the, the search and rescue stuff. So it can be both depending. Mm. So we had the enabler mission for a long time. Pararescue men are also attached to other units. Mm. Uh, the enabler mission, they'd go out with ODAs or other high-risk mm. teams that needed them to provide that um, ground stuff. But you also did some come, sit, and relax. That's what CSAR stands for is come, mm. sit, and relax. So if the call doesn't go up during that deployment, maybe you don't go out. But right. that's your best day as a BJ. Is nothing nothing bad happened. And uh, and then I also had the, the privilege or some would say the, uh, the unlikely or uh, – uh, unenviable task of doing a medevac when we were doing medevac mm. as well so yeah. i also lived through that time kind of early in the GWAT of doing and medevac. i don't want you to speak for peaches over here but it, give, give me like uh an example of, of a cct deployment like what's a, what's an operational tempo look like for that guy well for them i mean they're uh, you know throughout the entire GWAT. there's like a lot of direct action involved there 100 yeah. yeah they were the they were the jtac du jour so every mm. single team that needed a jtac the the larger forces couldn't mm. provide it and the air force made it a point to make all of the ccts during that time jtac so mm. we were the force provider for almost every single soft jtac wow. that was needed out there so a lot of direct action a lot of calling forces mm. and being attached to other teams sure yeah uh that's yeah i, I really don't think people know what rangers are people know what special well Actually, people don't know what special forces are. They think that they're mostly door-kicking operators and not training local national forces, sure. right? right? I mean, the com commander and extremist force does a lot of door-kicking. As a matter of fact, that's all they do. But training local nationals is kind of the SF job. Um, but nobody knows anything about the Air Force. They think you fly planes, and there's like, what, 2% of the people in the Air Force fly planes or some shit? Even, even less than that, yeah. like 1.5% <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's so, so small. <laughs> oh, my God. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. uh, what about Space Force? You going to join? No, absolutely not. Well, unless I've said this before, I'm already a, a real dickhead at parties. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not a very fun guy to have around. Like, if I if I got the first space rescue as a PJ, I'd be fucking unbearable. Oh, yeah. It you, would be the worst. That, yeah. <laughs> what might that look like? You're in a fucking one of Elon Musk rovers or something? Absolutely. Well, the idea yeah. is low orbit, right? Put them into low orbit anywhere yeah. in the world, less than 24 hours. All you have to do is figure out that reentry problem and poof, you're on target. So basically, uh, forget about the, the PJ thing. You, you might be... Somebody in Space Force is going to be Randy Quaid. 100%. Right? And Will Smith, and or Will Smith, or, or who was the other guy? Was it pa Bill Paxton was the other one in Independence Day? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody's going to be that guy. Yeah, who's, who's the other one? You? Jeff, uh, what was his name? Goldman. No, yeah, no he Goldblum. Was, was, he, was he a pilot in that? Or was no, he, he was he was the tech guy. Oh, that's yeah, right. He yeah, was yeah, the tech yeah, guy. Yeah. yeah, how could you forget? How could you? Yeah, voice, he was yeah. the one that opened up the, and here we go, and fire <laughs> muscle. Uh, I, I mostly go with Randy Quaid, though. Yeah. Because he's a, just a close personal hero of mine. Um, Tail oldest time. You know, right? it's just, I feel like that's the kind of guy that I could really be friends with. Randy Quaid? Yeah. Because he that. doesn't give a fuck about <laughs> anything. Uh, and I'm very much on that as well. So when did you join the military? Uh, right after September 11, 2001. So that happened. I was in the Like in room. the same month, right? Uh, yeah. So I, I think I... I enlisted, I went and talked to my recruiter. I took my, my initial PT test before September was done. And mm -hmm. then I spent about two months in the delayed entry program. And I showed up to basic on uh, like January 1st of 2002. And what was your original job? It was uh, tried to be a PJ, but I suck. And mm -hmm. I failed the first time. So I had to come back and try it again. So well, you, what did you do in the meantime? I was an aerospace physiologist. So I did high altitude airdrop mission support. There's a specific mm -hmm. job in the Air Force when you open a your doors. A physiologist, like physics or the physiology of the body? Physiology of the body. Okay. And yeah. you did what? So you were given like EKGs and shit to make sure dudes were 
clear and and chest x-rays to make sure dudes were clear to do you crushed it operations yeah. absolutely That's, not no so it's an okay. <laughs> it's an oxygen thing right like if you're jumping from high up you need a lot of oxygen yeah, yeah. you know have for like, a certain amount of time too it, yeah exactly so there there are actually techs in the air force that no kidding will check your oxygen equipment make sure that you're okay and they support the jumps or they support the drops That's well what I did. that's better than hypoxia for sure it is uh, and then so how long were you doing that before you got another and how did you get another, a second chance at the school is that common to be able to just go back or how's it so work? it is as long as as long as you're not a complete and total dickhead yeah, yeah. which i don't know how i slipped through the cracks but i, I basically reapplied for cross training and they said mm -hmm. yeah cool come try it again come down to indoc and try it again so about four years after after i was a phys tech they were they let me come back and try it again and i made it that time so you're uh probably senior airman by then right i was a staff oh I went shit, through as an really? e5 yeah and that's that's got to be less common it is less in, common to be an nco and going through that schoolhouse it is yeah yeah uh, and how was that I mean, it was fine. I mean, I had seen it once before. Yeah. I made it pretty far the, the first time before my unceremonious exit. So, um, you know, the second time was a little bit easier. I had a little bit more life experience behind me. And, you know, every, when you go through the first time, everything is new. You think yeah. every, like, oh, this training event's never going to end. And, you know, after, you know, five, five years in the military, you can tell when the instructors are playing a role yeah. or when they're doing something to prove a point. And, right. you know, you, that stress kind of. Yeah. You also learn when to keep your fucking mouth shut, too, which is a really important thing to do. And also pick. Uh, it, it all seems random when they're like, grab a buddy and start doing this exercise. You learn uh, very, I, at least I did, you learn very quickly not to p ever pair up with the dude that gets picked on all the time. Nope. Because you end up doing his push-ups too. Right. Fuck that. That's right. right. So <laughs> That's it's, right. you know, in some ways it's kind of teaching you some life lessons there. Right. And, you know, pitting one another against each other uh, as, a, as a form. I guess that would be uh, selective, you know, I, I like that idea. Right. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's a good idea. It's like dudes need to fucking fight each other sometimes. Sometimes Just, you got to punch your friend yeah. in the mouth. And it's like, it's not, it, it's a much more evolved version. Like if you put a bunch of dogs in a room, they're going to, probably two or three of them are going to scrap with each other at some point, And then they will establish a hierarchy. And from time to time, one of the non-pack leaders will attack the pack leader a little bit. He'll get his ass kicked or he wins, whatever. And then it goes on from there. It's a much more evolved version when you have a bunch of dudes uh, in a room like that, or, or especially over the course of years, because the tension does build up and sometimes you just got to knock somebody out. Yeah. Uh, and also there's a boredom factor <laughs> in there. Now, I don't know what your guys' experience has been, but if you put a group of infantry dudes like sitting around waiting for transportation back to the unit, you have about 20 minutes before they start throwing rocks and pine cones at each other rocks and or wrestling 100%, something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what do you think that is? just fun right i don't i think yeah i think so i think that's how you pass the time you know if you if you're sitting there for any more than an hour and i don't know why the military loves to do this but if you got a five o'clock show you got to show up at four o'clock for the pl <laughs> and then for the squad leader at, you know 3 30 and pretty soon you got you know dudes knuckleheads that are you know high energy individuals sitting around for an hour and a half with nothing to do yeah. it's a recipe for disaster idle hands are the devil's dangling i believe is how it goes indeed that right? that's that's 100 correct yeah. um i believe so, that was faust yeah yeah um so you've been in for uh 20 one and some change years now you're when are you getting out i don't know i think i'm gonna start making that move here pretty soon it's mm -hmm. definitely time to start like making that transition into something else so yeah yeah you know, definitely in the next uh probably uh, you know next year or so year mm -hmm. and a half i think is, is about the and what's the plan after that i mean you're you're at this point in your career you're not doing the same job you were 10 years ago or no, or 15 not. especially not 15 years ago sure so uh you know i see you guys doing this this show and, and putting the information on your website and stuff and trying to help the community. I assume you're going to continue doing that at some, in some way, if you can manage it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's the goal. And what's that going to look like? Do you know yet? I don't know. So I, cause I, you're, you're thinking about moving 
to St. Antoine as well with Indeed. Trent. So you can be close. I mean, that's a lot of stuff's happening there now right. for the AFSOC community, especially. Exactly. It's kind of the Mecca. So that's, you know, that's the home of everywhere. Mm. It's where our assessment selection is. It's where the Chapman Annex mm. is. And everybody, you know, starts there. Every, every right. single person on our career field, you know, starts. And this, this guy can't leave Vegas because he's got a crippling gambling addiction. Crippling, you know, you can just gamble yeah. online now, right? Right. Yeah. You don't have to be here anymore. You can tell you can just come to Texas with the rest of us. Yeah. You know, we totally Stop fine. being a dick, man. So yeah, I know. I don't I don't know what it looks like. I think, you know, I you know, I have I have things that I can can currently give back mm -hmm. to the community. I want to keep doing that as long as I am of service. There's gonna be different ways to be of sure, service. Yeah. Don't need to be in and well that's a good point. I it's something I talk about on this show and other shows a lot. Something I talk about, like tomorrow I'm doing a veteran suicide panel, it's something I'll be talking about then. Um are people like us who have been hard chargers for a while, especially it's not only people like us, but it's all people like us get out. And if you don't seize some kind of purpose at some point, then shit starts to get bad for you. Right. Yep. And it's not pe people don't like to admit that for some reason. I, I don't know if they see it as some kind of failure or weakness, but that is just you, your entire adult life has been defined by a singular purpose, mm -hmm. you know, that, that, is the, in my opinion, <clears throat> the ultimate manifestation of the, the biological purpose of masculinity, which is to provide and protect, right? Would use your aggression to protect from existential threats. That's mm -hmm. what you've done for your entire adult life. Right. Now you gotta find a way to do that again. Otherwise that aggression will, uh, for young men, it usually turns into violence, whether it's against others or themselves. For older men, it turns into depression and suicide typically, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, this is something I talk to people a lot. You gotta find your purpose there. You're, you're and, and the fortunate thing for us is that it's almost um, part of the industry. Like your your service doesn't end when your military career does. Right. That's, that's right. very obvious to most people, right? Because your buddies still need you, and the country still needs you. That's right. So, have you given any thought at all to you know how you're going to progress there? I, you know, I I wish I had a, a really clean answer for you here, sure. but I, I just the, the answer is never clean actually. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I I think you're totally right. I don't know how many friends I've seen that they try to do the thing where they're like, oh, my hair is going to get real long, and I'm not mm. going to shave my face, and I'm going to, and then you just see them miserable six months later. Right. You know, that's that's never going to. You can grow a beard and still do stuff. You got a great beard. Thank you're, you. Yeah. You're, you are doing stuff. I, well, I do some things. Yeah, things. I take naps a lot too, though. Well, that's dope. Though. Yeah, like, it's, I, it's I, dude, awesome. naps naps are the shit. I wake up and have that shit. I wake up at seven thirty now too, and not five thirty, which is really nice. Two hours of sleeping in. Okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Although I stay up till midnight still, so it's not <laughs> that it's not that great. That's um, not bad. But yeah, you uh, you you guys provide a lot of service to this community, which is you know it's a smaller. It, it's interesting. I, I think maybe that might be a function of it because it's one of the smaller uh, uh, the AFSOC community and in, and in, in its entirety, and but even within the uh, the specific career fields, I think it might be one of the smaller uh, soft groups. It's right? the smallest. Yeah, it is the smallest. Okay. Yeah. So it makes sense that you guys would be a little bit tighter Yep. and that through that, you know, camaraderie, some of this stuff spills over, like we're not done yet. Right. You know what I mean? Cause even Jared quit after 15 years because he had business to do, right. Sure. He, he left, but he's still been doing stuff with AFSOC the entire oh, yeah. time. Yeah. And I feel, I see more of that from your guys community than any other one. And I think maybe it's because of the smallness, but I'm not sure. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it is because of that small, intimate team nature. Mm. Our whole job is to bring that, you know, that young man into the team room and make really you're making him a man. And I think that's why, you know, people like Jared and people like the rest of us, mm. we have things to give back. But it's not just I don't want to just make you a PJ. I want to make right. you a good man. Yeah. I want to make you the, a good kind of person in the team room. I want to sure. I want to turn you into a teammate or at least give you the skills to be a good teammate somewhere else. 
it doesn't matter what color hat you mm -hmm. wear or you know which department of defense entity pays your bills sure, yeah. man if you're a good ranger you're probably a good seal you're probably a good recon guy sure, yeah. you're probably a good controller so what are some of those qualities you, that, that you like to pass on leadership wise what do you think are, what is important there well you hit the nail on the head protect provide mm -hmm. be that man be, you know have integrity do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it you know nobody else is you know there's we've gotten to this point now where you know a guy stubs his toe and he goes home and he <laughs> you know complains to his entire family i'm reminded of the gulag ar archipelago mm -hmm. where the guards told you know a story of a, of a guy that's on, on the gulag archipelago mm -hmm. and the guards tell him we're going to let you see your wife for three days but we're going to kill you afterwards and if you tell her we're going to kill her too and that he bore that for three mm -hmm. days and spent that time and we've lost a little bit of that in america that yeah. little i'm going to take these things on for myself sure, yeah. to show you to provide and protect so yeah it's interesting I I've, I've talked about something very similar to that uh recently um just trying to unpack like a lot there, we, we were talking about some of the triggers that uh happen for people when they're post-service and depressed right because like these little moments will pop up and that's the dangerous spot for people mm -hmm. right all of a sudden they grab a gun and put it in their fucking mouth in a, in a two minute window for some reason. And you know, the purpose of discussing it was to give people tools to interdict on their own behalf at that point, because no, there's uh, oftentimes it happens when nobody else is around, you know what I mean? And there's no, the only person there that just can stop you is yourself. And if you don't have the tools to do that, you might not be able to do it. Mm -hmm. So one of the, I, I guess, thought experiments was imagine your, whomever it is that's closest to you, your wife, your children, your parent, whoever it is, um, teammate, um, they tell you, I've got, uh, three months to live. I'm going to die. Right. Obviously they probably wouldn't say it that way in a very monotone voice, but, uh, <clears throat> you receive that information and it hurts you badly. Why exactly does it hurt you badly? It's because you know that you're you, deep down. You always knew that your time with everybody's going to be limited, but now you have a date. Like, you know, that you don't have as much time with this person as you thought you were going to have. Mm -hmm. So what is the appropriate and logical response to something like that? Obviously, it is to enjoy the time you have with them as much as you can, because once they're gone, you're not going to you. I, I promise you this because I've seen this a hundred times. If you spend that last three months as a miser and rolling around in your own grief, you will regret that for the rest of your fucking life. Right. Yep. But you can we can come up with these. We, well, we don't have to make these stories up because we see them all the time. That's right. But we can unpack them and tell, like, try to explain to these people exactly. Because sometimes you need to be told why you're feeling what you're feeling, right? You can't just, when you're in it, it's hard to discover it. But mm -hmm. when you've been through it and you're looking back, you're like, okay, that makes sense now, right? Sure. I think it's a really important part of all this. So I like the perspective uh, uh, from guys like you that are, one, talking about it, and then two, staying involved in general, right? And, and that story about the gulag is really special. You know what I mean? It shows you, look, we're not, most people are not going to be in a gulag. No, right. Or even in, most people aren't ever going to be in a life-threatening situation, I think. Not a real one, right? But that's kind of a superpower, isn't it? Like, it isn't just about what you guys can do for the AFSOC community when you get out. I like what you said before about the broader military community, but I would say it's about the American community, right? I agree because the ability to stay calm under chaos and being able to rationally unpack very complex emotions and when in the middle of their them happening and explain that to somebody that's struggling is a big deal mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's going to fall on us all at some point to have to deal with that whether it's one of our buddies or some fucking stranger on the internet that looked your show up right you know what i mean 100 uh do you guys get a lot of 
conversation like that? Do people reach out to you through DMs and stuff like, hey, I'm struggling, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, there's, uh, you know, and it's, it's sometimes it's wrapped up in, uh, mm-hmm. you know, basic stuff like, hey, I can't get my runtime down. But, sure. you know, because we are so transparent, like we, we make it a point to if you DM us, we're going to we're going to DM you back. One yeah. of us is going to hit you back in 24 hours. And, you know, we've gotten all the way up to, hey, I was having a really hard time mentally and I didn't tell you guys. But, you know, we had this conversation and you guys sort of gave me hope for mm-hmm. the future. You know, every, every once in a while we'll get a DM that, you know, we'll hit the group chat. We'll be like, holy cow, I didn't I didn't know that we had this sure, sort yeah. of impact. But you'd be surprised just being present and just like giving a shit. Imagine just giving a shit for people, what that can do for somebody. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's quite literally the least you can do, but but oftentimes it is the most important thing, right? Just, just kind of standing there and listening sometimes is really important. Uh, what else you got going on? Oh, that's pretty much it. I'm actually a pretty boring dude. Now, um, obviously we're, you know, working through this like uh, twilight of, you know, the three of our career mm-hmm. after this. And, you know, we're, we're trying to move forward with One's Ready and be of service with everything we can. And I'm looking at my next thing. I'd, I'd really just like to promote in jujitsu. I've finally been able mm-hmm. to get back into the gym yeah. and like actually go roll and, and get that other stuff going. But as always, um, you know, moving on to the next thing, I just don't know what it is yet. Well, I mean, Austin and San Antonio is pretty much the best place on earth to do that now. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. The best jujitsu gyms in the country are in Austin now. Now, I'm, it, I'm a huge fan of, of Albuquerque. I don't know how yeah, much of a fight time we're, or a fight time we're talking about San Antonio, but I, I tend to agree. I'm not sure about San Antonio so much, but definitely Austin. Austin, I mean, there's amazing. Like, yeah. there's, there's, Danaher and, yeah. and Gordon being up there. Yeah, and, yeah those yeah. guys are just have just absolutely revolutionized yeah. the game. And the gravity of those guys being there is just in the same way that Rogan moving to Austin has brought every fucking comedian there, which is nice for us because we can have them on the show now that they're locally really easily. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but it's way easier. It was like Rogan showed up and all of a sudden, like, I'm like, oh, damn. Ten different comedy spots. Yeah. yeah, it's like not the music capital of the world anymore. It's right. a bunch of dudes talking about buttholes and shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> which is, you know, I like that too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, tight. Yeah, what, what, if you could, if you could, um, let's, let's skip to, to three years from now. You guys are definitely all out. You're definitely all settled where you want to be. What is One's Ready look like then? Like, what's your goal with the organization? My goal would be is that we get somebody that's in, that we can turn this bad boy over to somebody that has that touch point that's in the organization mm-hmm. right there and that we can get the best possible. You know, my, my dream has always been, like, I want to think of One's Ready like a sports agency. Mm-hmm. You come to me and you're like, hey, from from step one all the way through me putting my beret on and graduating this thing, teach me how to be a good team member and teach me how to be – in these career fields. One of the biggest things that we do, unfortunately, is we compete with our sister services because like you said earlier, everybody knows what a SEAL is. Everybody knows what a Ranger is and you never heard of a PJ, but we still have a righteous mission and we need to have people in there. So there's a a whole group of people out there that are like, I want to be an operator. I just don't know. Like, well, what if I told you you get to do this? And they're like, oh, hell yeah, I want to do that. Well, it's in the Air Force. Yeah. Um, So, you know, three years from now, what what does that look like? It looks like us still together being of service and then helping this next generation of operator grow up because the time is coming. Like there's not a whole lot of people anymore that are going to be in gunfights. 10 years from now, you look at instructors, unless something's popped off, that, that information is going to go by the wayside. Yeah. They're going to be in a trailer just north of here running a Boston Dynamics dog with 100%. a joystick or some shit. Yeah. Right. So if you, if these young men, these young men and you know, the women that are going to eventually make it through the pipeline, if that ever happens, they don't know what the sound of gunfire is. We mm. have to tell them what that's like. We have to tell yeah. them what it was like in GWAT. We have to tell them yeah. what it was like in Iraq and Afghanistan and Syria and Yemen and some of these other places that mm. we've been, because if, if we don't, if we just want to be those stoic old men that never talk about things, the next generation is going to pay a price. Yeah, sure as shit didn't help us that our parents wouldn't talk about it. Nope. Because we went in balls first. Fucking like, oh, shit. <laughs> because you didn't, you didn't have your uncle sitting at, at, at Christmas yeah. or you know, whenever you're getting together and talking about Vietnam and, mm. and the things that he had to do. It was, it was in vogue almost yeah, to completely yeah. and totally ignore that. Yeah, and I, read, I remember reading books about it when I was um, 
a teenager and then, you know, into my late teens, even, um, little stuff like talking about some Mac, uh, Mac, like Mac V, Sogby, yeah. yeah, like, or, um, operations that went sideways and stuff. And the little pieces of information that you pick up out of that, like if you're in a non-permissive environment, don't make your uh, camp on a road right or near the road because right. somebody's going to fucking find you even if it's uncomfortable go up the side of that hill right there where it's hard to get to that's right. a very practical piece of advice that would have been available if we had just had that conversation 30 fucking years ago it's right? my fucking oral history has worked throughout the history yeah. of time that's yeah. why you sit around the fire and you talk to the elders because they tell you how to avoid the predators and what right. to do well it's and you see it's a condition of western society these days where we keep unsolving problems that we've solved many many times over and over again it's like everybody's obsessed with the stoics now like, okay, cool. I agree with you. Seneca is a very smart man. Mm -hmm. Marcus Aurelius, very smart man. We sh never should have had to read this book again. Right. That should have been part of our culture at this point. You're like, right. you really have to tell somebody that it's not that bad. You have to, <laughs> I have to read a 2,000 year old document to tell me that it's going to be okay. I have to read you know Socrates I mean? for him to tell me that I should work out and yeah, that I should, I, should yeah. be in a, I should be a male that is capable of protecting himself. I mean, it's ludicrous, man. And I think it is. There's something about that oral history. The Jews were really good at it. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, even pre-writing uh, a right. lot of these cultures, the Chinese were really good at it before uh, formal language and stuff or before formal written language. It was a very important thing. Native Americans as well were super good at that. Mm -hmm. I just talked about that earlier today uh, about, you know, as we get older, I, I remember hearing this story about how uh, Native American and, and tribes, every woman over a certain age and every man over a certain age is referred to by everybody else as grandmother or grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's the, the expectation goes two ways. One, that I look up to this elder, and two, that that elder is providing me with something. Right. You know what I mean? We are fucking way past that now. You're and right. I, it, it doesn't seem like it's going to come from anywhere else other than the GWAT military people people that have actually struggled uh, against the vine, I guess, for quite a while to be like, all right, cool. Cause it's part of our nature mm -hmm. to train the next guy. Right. But I don't think that's intrinsic to Western society anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I think, like I it, think used to, right. it used to be you're out in the garage with your dad incorrectly holding a flashlight and he, he was yelling at you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you learn nothing really. I said five eights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that was part of the process and this is not like that anymore, you know? Right. Unfortunately. So I think maybe we need to pick up some slack in that regard. I agree. And, and start like if you, this is why I tell people all the time if you're upset with the federal government intruding into your life, you feel that way, go find the problems they're solving and solve them your fucking self. Right. You know, box them out because that's the only way you're going to solve that. And the only way we're going to solve this young male crisis of violence and depression and suicide in this country is the same thing. Like the people that have experience with this stuff have to get back involved right. in whatever way you can. It seems obvious, right? It does. But again, we're reading 2,000 year old books to get obvious lessons from things that we haven't read, you know, learned oh, before. Man. <laughs> that makes my head hurt. <laughs> I guess that's as good a place as any to stop before I fucking jump out this fucking window. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for coming on today, both of you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been uh, great. I like the shows you guys do. I like the fact that you're, you know, m put yourself at a little bit of risk to get back involved as early as possible, but even before you're out of the service and stuff like that. We really appreciate that. So. And again, thanks for coming on today. Appreciate you having me on, man. Fan of your podcast. Yeah, well. for sure. Is there anything else you'd like to share with these dicks before we leave? No, thanks, dicks. Have a great one. <laughs> All right. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for watching. This has been Citizen.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.